Hey, welcome to Three Ply Court. I'm Donnie. I'm Jenny. And thanks for tuning in. Um, we are actually going to be finishing up the last chapter of James. Uh, it is our very first Bible study that we are completing on this podcast. Yes. Um, we just really want to thank you guys for uh, sticking through it with us and uh, learning just as much as we are um, in this awesome book. Uh, but before we do anything and we continue anything, we're going to go ahead and lead in prayer. Okay, bow your head, close your eyes. God, I thank you for this day, Lord. I, again, thank you for the opportunity that you've blessed us with to study your word and learn more of who you are through your word, Lord. I pray that you reveal more of your character to us from this um, last chapter and that it all seems to make sense when we read it and you continue to bless us with a desire to know more of who you are and a desire to learn more of what your word says about you and about us, God. Um, I pray that during this quarantine, we all have that desire, um, just building and growing within ourselves, God, and we have the dedication to move forward in that growth, and I pray that you keep us all focused. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and we're just going to tell you guys the materials that we used um, like we do every uh, every episode. So we always use our New King James Version Study Bible as well as our Compact Bible Dictionary. Um, so let's go ahead and just move into uh, the overview of chapters 1 through 4. Okay, so today we're finally going into chapter 5, but um, the last four chapters, chapter 1, um, mind you, we kind of do a recap every um, podcast, but... Chapter one is, you know, it talks about the characteristics followers of Christ should have in order to be true Christians, like true biblical Christians. Chapter two, um, it was a reminder for us not to show favoritism and basically faith without works is dead. Chapter three, um, we see the need for wise teachers, the ability to control your tongue and distinguishing wisdom from above and earthly wisdom. And the last chapter we read, chapter four, we learned that um, peace with God and peace with others um, is super important. And peace with others is including not judging others, resisting temptation, fleeing from temptation, and running to God. And ultimately, that chapter taught us to allow God's will to rule over our lives. So today, we're finally going to get into chapter 5. And um, the title of my chapter says, Rich Oppressors Will Be Judged. So we're going to go ahead and start reading verses 1 through 6. Okay. Come now, you rich, and weep hollow, hollow, and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Thanks. So what I got from all this uh, was the hazards of Greece and the uh, Greece, <laughs> the hazards of greed, and the warning of punishment and judgment after this lifetime. I mean, too much Greece is pretty bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um. Say that again. <laughs> the, ha- the hazards of greed and the warning of punishment or judgment after this lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it says, um, 
he does not resist you. Oh, wait, but that's talking about the people that are under them now. Verse uh, 6. He does not resist you. It's remaining single pride. So my study Bible, it... Oh, just kidding. That's not it. Okay, my study Bible gives a better explanation into what verse 6 could mean. Um, it says, Condemned is a legal term suggesting that the wealthy took the land and wages through decisions rendered in dishonest courts. The helpless poor were unable to resist. Dang. So they're, they're taking advantage of people who don't have the ability to fight for themselves. Mm-hmm. And we can see that the character in these rich oppressors back in biblical th- days are still pretty common amongst like the wealthy in today's time as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is one of those things where like, I feel like a lot of us can say certain interpretations of the Bible only fit cultural, like what was normal back in the day. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely something that is still occurring and you can still see wealthy people take advantage of less fortunate. What I really like about this book in general, and I'm going to bring it up again um, towards the end, uh, but what I really like about this book is that it's all pretty much, like, you can apply it to our daily lives now. Like, all this entire, what we've read so far has all been pretty accurate in the society that we live in now. Yeah. And I, I really like the fact that I can be able to apply it and be like, oh, no, I totally see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy that. I think it's also important that this chapter so far is talking about rich oppressors, not rich people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's important to point out because I don't want people to get confused thinking that if you're wealthy it means you're going to be judged um in a harsh way when it comes to the end of it all because I mean Mm -hmm. God will bless you and bless you abundantly Mm -hmm. and he's done that before in the bible um but it's it's rich oppressors yeah and it's it's also money isn't the issue it's the greed of yeah. the money, the greed that comes behind the money. Mm-hmm. That that is the issue. That that's the sin. M- the money isn't sin. The greed is. Yeah. Okay. Verses seven through eleven says, "Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand." Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we will count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Um, Before I even go into um, the overview of this chapter, as you were reading it, uh verses verse eight really caught my attention yeah, me too. um as when you said it i had to hurry up and highlight it real quick because i didn't want to lose it um but it says establish your hearts for the coming of the lord is at hand mm-hmm. it didn't say the lord may be coming oh in your opinion it may it may he may come or he may not come no he said is at hand is coming he is coming and it's it's there's no questions there's no ifs ands or buts about it He's coming and we need to get ready. Whether or not, He's yeah. coming whether or not we're ready or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's it's giving us a warning of saying he's coming, so get ready. Mm-hmm. I, and that just caught my attention as just like how powerful that one statement is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That he's coming. Like, yeah. And the society and the times that we live in, now you can see it more and more every day. Um, I want, I'm curious as to like, 
establish your hearts. At first I read that and I was thinking like establish your hearts in what though? Like what exactly are we being called to be established in? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the rest of the verse says for the Lord, the coming of the Lord is at hand. Um, and as I was reading the um, contextual like mm-hmm. help that this Bible gives us, um, it basically says to be established in like faith and knowing that God is coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Oh, I like that. I didn't yeah. even think of it that way. Yeah. I really like that. Um, but for the whole verses of 7 through 11, I just got to be patient in any circumstance that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's kind of just what I get from, from all of that. I, it gives you examples of um, certain situations and stuff like that. But I, I think that this right here is kind of just talking about the patience in any circumstance. Yeah. Um, so we're on verse 12 now. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. With that, I felt like it was kind of just different from verses 7 through 11, and that's why I kind of just put that off by itself. Mm -hmm. But basically, it pretty much says what it says. It's don't swear. You know, I feel like a lot of us have to add something onto our yes and have to add something onto our no or vice versa. Um, But it's something that... We need to understand that your yes, just just say yes, you know, just say no. Uh, but we have to remember that we are not, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And being of this world would mean, you know, adding something to your yes, adding something to your no. But we have to remember that we have to be set apart. Um, so just try not to swear. Um, but this isn't swearing as in curse words, right? Mm-hmm. This is swearing as in just like... Um, holding yourself to a commitment that you may not be able to actually follow through with. I just want to clarify that for those who may be listening, thinking of a different um, meaning behind that word. But I think that also kind of speaks into the character of humanity. Like we're never really as reliable as we would hope we are. We're never really, we can never really rely on people as much as we would like to think we can. Um, And when you swear by something, it's like, it says you will fall into judgment of whether or not you follow through with what you said you would do. Um, and this is more like for your own good. Like, mm-hmm. don't make a commitment to something because humans are unreliable by mm-hmm. nature. Um, okay, verses 13 through 18. Mind you, there's only 20 verses in this chapter, so we're already almost done. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruits. What I got from verses 13 through 18, I got that all of this is meeting specific needs within the church and within yourselves. The things you need and feel show through your actions, when it, which shows saying you sing when you're happy and you're praying when you're suffering. Um, but something that really caught my attention is just that prayer isn't a one done deal. It's not something that you're like, God, I want this. 
all right, you got it. I don't have to pray for it ever again. Like, no, you have to. It says um, in verses 16, uh, the effective, fervent prayer. You have to be consistent in your prayer. You need to continue knocking on that door until it opens. You need to continue to ask because asking once, yes, um, can can work, but prayer isn't something, it's not a one and done deal. Um, and that's just really what I want to focus on um, on this, uh, on this um, 13 through 18. Um, yeah, and I would just like to add something quick, just mm-hmm. how, how certain the author of this chapter so far is that prayer is effective just mm-hmm. in general like prayer it works and it's not something to just blindly throw your faith into and be like mm, this may or may not work like you're not flipping a mm-hmm. coin on the chances of uh effective prayer working a fervent mm-hmm. prayer working it works and if they like a christian should be rooted in mm-hmm. the knowledge that god answers prayers yeah and that kind of goes back to uh, faith without works is dead. You need to have faith in your in, in God to know that He's going yeah. to answer your prayer, um, mm-hmm. and and that's something that we we just I just kind of want to add it on, wanted to add on to what you had said. It's just that you need to have faith. Yeah. Um, okay. Verses nineteen through twenty. Okay, the last two chapters. It's about chapters. Last two <laughs> verses of the last chapter. Okay, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his will, of his way, will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Wow. Um, it, I feel like th- these two verses are pretty self-explanatory. You have to guide the lost when you see them straying. I feel like a real friend won't allow their friend to stray away and know that that's going to be a hurtful path. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when I see... Helping someone who is lost, I for whatever reason, I I think of this time when we all were at the park. Me and my my sister, my brother, and my two my parents, we were walking, and I don't know what I was doing. I was in the front because we were walking in a line, and I was in the front, and all of a sudden, my dad comes up and like slams his hand in front of me, like not allowing me to walk anymore. Um, and I was like, yo, what's going on? And he was like, look what you were about to step on. And I look at the floor and there was a snake on the floor. Um, and I had almost stepped on it. Um, but I feel like that's what a friend needs to do when they see that their friend is is about to do something that they shouldn't be doing. Which I don't even know if that's like how I want to word it. You no, know what I, I mean? see that. I see that. Like when you see someone you care about, it's going to wander into a difficult situation mm-hmm. like you were about to. Um, possibly put yourself in danger. Yeah. Um, the important thing is to stop them because you know the urgency of the situation. I mean, this Bible verse ends with you. It will you will save a soul from death. Like mm-hmm. ultimately, you coming in, doing what you can do to bring this person who might not even realize where they're stepping into in life, to bring them to the realization that hey, like the path you're on can be dangerous. You know that is something that you should really take into consideration. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I really like that. But also, verse 19 says, anyone who wanders from the truth, that is not, that's not like a random non-Christian friend. You know, that's mm-hmm. somebody who knew God and now, is now kind of backsliding. And I feel like sometimes Christians, um, we kind of just judge people. Not, well, sometimes if you see a friend, it's easy to be like, 
mm, I don't want to wear this in a way that's not crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I was think, like, I know what you're talking you know, about, but I'm going to wear it the same I way. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would look at a Christian friend and think, okay, but oh. you, you say you're Christian. Mm-hmm. Instead of judging that person for wandering away, bring them back to truth in mm-hmm. a loving way. Yeah. Because ultimately... Turning them back again, it saves their soul. It's not so that you look good to point someone out. Mm-hmm. And it's um, to have the understanding that, like, it's your responsibility to help them out. Mm-hmm. Not to judge the fact that they're wandering. It's okay. You notice that they're wandering. Now you need to help them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Basically, yeah. what I'm trying to say I, I is, like... that was a good way of wording it. It was easy to understand. I'm trying yeah, like... Basically, just if you see your Christian friend wandering, don't necessarily judge them harshly. Mm-hmm. It's... More so, just help them come back to where they once were. Yeah, because it's so easy to be like, mm, yeah, you know, you're doing wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's it's it takes strength to be like, no, you know, I. It takes strength not to judge them, but it also takes strength to try and bring them back. I think it takes love necessary. Like it, mm-hmm. it takes love and yeah. friendship, um, to like really, you know, yeah, have good intention for them. Um, so for me, the whole overview of chapter five is just the discipline in the Christian in the Christian life. Um, and that's just kind of what I get of chapter five. But overall in chap in the book of James, the overview is that James is a letter that's addressed um, that addresses the internal and external issues that Christians face. Um, I, and I think it's really important to kind of understand where this letter is going to and it's going back to the Jewish Christians. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting to me, and that's what we had mentioned earlier, that it, you need to understand um, the time of which these these um, books of the Bibles and these letters are being written. But it's really interesting to know that those people who lived thousands of years ago are still are going through the same thing that we are going through. Um, but that's pretty much it uh, that I have for this um, for this chapter or this book. Yeah, that's pretty much all we have for this book. Um, starting next week, we're going to go ahead and look into the book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really beautiful story, and hopefully you guys can come join us next week. Um, we can close off in prayer. Okay, everyone, bow your head and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come together and worship you and learn who you are. I thank you so much for um, showing us what it is to be a real Christian, Lord. And we ask that we're able to um, to apply it to our daily lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.